There was an idea. Dormammu, I come to bargain. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Asking Robbins always finds out. I have further faster, baby. Are you Tony Stank? I am Iron Man. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective, the show where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I am your host, Eduardo, and we've got Chris and Peaches here to talk all things secret invasion. Gentlemen, what's going on? Don't tell anyone. It's a secret. <laughs> redacted invasion. invasion. Redacted invasion. <laughs> this is my friend Peaches, and I, of course, am redacted. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, we should just bleep out like every third. This will be your no. You you're just saying that because <laughs> this is my turn to edit. You're yeah. like, oh, let's do all these lengthy, involved <laughs> post production gags. I would never say that just because it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, I've never once in my entire life bleeped out the z word. So if it's there, it stays. That's a there. weird thing to brag about. Like <laughs> that's you, like let, like that's against what I asked. Let me tell you something. <laughs> it's there, and. That's how it goes. No one else here gets a word, the secret words that no one can say. We should all choose a secret word. The, the word of the day is... Uh, the secret slime word. The secret slime uh, word. Yeah. <laughs> the secret slime word. Yeah, that's uh, that's what the guy emailed you about. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I started laughing. You endured oh, enormous man. amounts of slime. I feel like you have to put this post-credits now yeah. because <laughs> we can't explain it yeah. right now. Hello, Miles. What we can explain is episode three of Secret Invasion, Betrayed, written by Kyle Bradstreet and directed by Ali Salim. Before we get started. Yes, sir. Um, Does anyone want to get out? Yes. Uh, have you seen the musical version of The Producers? Yeah. Because when I saw the title was Betrayed, I thought of Nathan Lane's big second act number where he just recounts everything that's happened in the show and how betrayed he feels. And it's very dramatic. It's like, did I mention I'm betrayed? It's, and that is what I thought of. Look at this dog. He's trying to bite my hand, but I'm just strategically blocking him. So he's just waving around an open mouth. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> oh, wow, who's yes, funny now? Well, your strategy huh? did not, not Who's work the funny out. guy now? Be cool, Miles. By the way, this summary comes to us from Remus Norana from Collider. The episode begins with Beto, Pagan, and a scroll named Verkus preparing for a mission. Uh, Beto asks the others if they think what they're doing will work, and Pagan tells them that uh, what they do, they do because of their faith in a better future. And faith demands risks. Pagan gives Beto the file on the human he will be impersonating, and all three of them leave for the mission. I think... <laughs> there are uh, certain parts Sorry. of this show. No, yeah, my dog is assaulting you right now. Um, there are certain parts of the show that I like. I still have trouble suspending my disbelief for, and one of them is how often they mention like, "Oh, we need to do this in secret so that the heroes don't find out." But when the eventual shoe does drop and you have scrolls with superpowers running around everywhere. I kind of expect there to be some heroes being like, "Hey, yeah, cut that shit out." Like, don't not just the Avengers, but you'd think Fury wouldn't be on the phone to Carol in like ten seconds. Yeah, flat. I almost feel like 
I mean, maybe this is obvious, but I almost feel like they only write those lines into the show to temper the audience's expectation, to say, don't expect anyone cool to show up. You get all these old fucks. <laughs> you get the old people. Yeah. That and to deal with the people that are like, I don't understand why the Avengers don't just show up and solve everything all the time. Because we wrote it that they can't. Man, let me get on a little soapbox. I hate the way people <laughs> deal with like characters and what characters, like what decision a character would make and wouldn't make in a decision. I feel like I've been on the soapbox before, but like... Characters have uh, done things in a very particular way beforehand, so they wouldn't do something another way in a different situation. Like, I just find it's like people aren't infallible. People make mistakes. People do things out of all kinds of emotional reasons, and I hate when people are like, "This character would never do this." You don't know that. Yeah, you've seen a total of like three hours of this character's life. You have no idea what they would do. Yeah. Well, to add to that, like, even if they're completely right about what that character would or wouldn't do, how do you know what they're doing right now? How do you, why do you, why is this scroll thing the only scenario, the only bad thing that's happening on the planet right now at this yeah. time? It's just because that's what you're watching with sure. your hosts. Sure. You know? Thanks, guys. I meant like the people that are watching with us. Oh, that's really creepy. I don't know why. Well, you said that and now you're staring at me. I feel like there's someone watching me. Oh. I'm Scroll Wardo. <laughs> <laughs> After the credits that Chris hates, we get a flashback to New York City in 1998. Fury walks into a diner to meet with a Scroll friend. And by the way, uh, Eduardo and Chris were right. The friend in question is Priscilla, who is revealed to be Vara, the Scroll we saw introducing Fury and Gravik in episode two. Oh, you're right about what? That Fury knew she was a Scroll. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, you were right. Uh, she gives Fury an envelope that says she sh- uh, that says should put uh, Drakov's men on their heels, which hey. is interesting because it looks like the same envelope she gets from the box later on. <laughs> I, you and know, I thought it, that. I wonder if that's actually maybe. It's just a gun. It's Drakov's gun. <laughs> this will put him in his place. Yeah, you've heard a of Drakov's gun. gun. Yeah. <laughs> if just... you show an envelope in the first act, it's revealed <laughs> to have a gun inside it in the third act. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no doubt a reference to General Drakov of the Red Room, yeah. uh, played by Ray Winston and Black Widow. We then see how Fury no and... Uh, <laughs> Are you okay? It's, no, it's funny that the writing said, no doubt, a reference to. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. We then see how Fury and Priscilla initiated their romance over a cup of coffee. Back to the present, Fury makes breakfast while watching TV pundit Chris Steerns, played by Christopher McDonald, secretly a member of the Scroll Council. Priscilla makes coffee, and they get to talking about how it's been years since Fury came home. She asks Fury why he's back after all this time. He tells her that he's retired now, and he's thinking of picking up a new hobby, revenge. This scene where he's cooking, I hate to say it, but all I could think of was the iPhone commercial that Samuel L. Jackson was in years ago. Where he's like talking to Siri while he's making gazpacho. Do you remember that one? I do not. No. Yeah. I forget what prompts it, but he at one part he says, "No, unless you want hot spacho." <laughs> <laughs> nope. Doesn't okay. ring a bell. Well, look that up later. Hot spacho. Fury asks uh, Priscilla if she's been in touch with Gravik, implying that he suspects her of being part of the rebellion. 
She evades the question, and through their conversation, we find out that she survived the snap and mourned him until he returned in the blip. But after that, instead of staying with her, he chose to run away to space. She then gets uh, a cryptic phone call. Priscilla tells Fury it wasn't important, but he still has his suspicions. Back at New Skrullis, Gravik's starting to get suspicious too as he wakes Gaia and confronts her about how the police found their uh, safe house. She tells him Brogan obviously cracked under torture. Gravik isn't so easily fooled, but he lets it go for the time being. I really liked the scene with Fury and Priscilla. I thought that was a really interesting conversation between Mm -hmm. them about how he left and how she sort of kind of knew that he's Nick Fury. He has to leave sometimes. And then the fact that she mourned him and then he came back and then disappeared. I found that actually a really interesting yeah, yeah. Uh, conversation and I'm interested to see where that goes. I think talking about the blip, uh, especially in that first episode, I was like, man, not another blip thing. Like it feels like every day we're like, Oh, this person got blipped and they're sad about it. Like, uh, but I don't know this, this seemed to have a little bit more weight to it. I enjoyed it. I just think uh, the actors were doing a really good job playing off of each other. Yeah. Uh, All right, peach, go ahead and ruin it. I'd, I don't know, man. I don't think we need to have a fourth, fifth, seventh, 82nd conversation where there's Nick Fury and other party and other party tells Nick Fury that he's washed up and he wasn't there for them. And uh, it sucks that he's not as cool as he used to be. I, I How many times are we going to have that conversation? Because we're at four. Maria Hill had a conversation with him. Talos had a conversation with him. Priscilla and one other. I don't think that's what the conversation was. Maybe we heard. They're two all different, different versions of the same conversation. I disagree. Hey man, you left me and it sucked. You're Nick Fury. You're supposed to not leave me and this, not suck. See, this one I think was much more about their personal relationship. And granted, yeah. they are they are now asking us to care about a marriage that we never knew about. Sure. Uh, but the fact that it's Nick Fury, I think we have some built-in investment there anyway. Uh, and this one was very different because everyone else, it's all about Nick Fury, the spy. And this one was about Nick Fury, her husband. And she understood, you know, because she is a spy as well. You know, she understands the life that he has. But you know, she said, you know, it's not that you were gone. It's that you then chose to stay away. Right, it, like I think the difference in this one is that the other conversations felt like, and maybe they, they didn't feel like this way to you, but to me they felt like Nick Fury was gone, the world needed you, and you were gone. Whereas this one to me felt like Nick Fury was gone, I needed you, yeah, and you were gone. Yeah, and that's I, how it, you I just, thought it worked for me. But but you see how you just structured that comparison with the same shell, the same skeleton. I mean, that's what sure. I, that's what I'm saying. I it is a similar type of I'm conversation. I'm not at the I'm not at the point where I'm mad, but if they have more conversations that are just let's shame Nick Fury, let's like let's get upset with Nick Fury and have a five minute dialogue about it. Like, is that all the show's gonna be? I mean, I think it'll be him reckoning with that and sort of yeah, kind of coming to terms with the fact that he's not infallible. Sure, but like we don't ha- need to have every character that's credited have a lecture with him about it. Like, let him actually solve. The fact that he was absent. We get it. We're bummed. We're bummed. We're upset with him. Let him fix it. Show some scenes of him fixing it, well, not of him getting in trouble. I would say that keep watching this episode and we get a little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> so. But we're halfway through the series, you know? I don't know. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. Maybe I've revealed my 
feelings on this episode that I thought it was. That's so interesting because I have a feeling I feel the exact opposite. I just think it was boring. <laughs> Boy, wow, really? It was a lot of talking. I about think no it. way. It was I just talking in ways that we've already seen. The show has had that. The show had a weak start, and I think it has just gotten better. <laughs> Same. I've yeah. got a little parabola going. Interesting. on. Interesting. I actually enjoy. I hated the talking in the first episode. I really liked the talking in this episode. Hmm. I found the conversations that they were having so much more interesting. I find this conversation interesting. I find the conversations that he'd been having with Talos later in the episode Mm -hmm. way more interesting than their original conversations, which were sort of one-sided, kind of how you said, like, you left. What were we supposed to do type of conversations? Um, Whereas this one felt a lot more like, I was there for you through all of this time. Like, you don't actually give us credit. Like, those are interesting conversations yeah. to me. I think the reason I like this Priscilla conversation so much is maybe they are similar to the other ones, but I think this one accomplishes what it's setting out to do significantly more and significantly better than the other conversations. The That's o- fine. The other difference is that Fury's pushing back in these conversations, too, which yeah. kind of wasn't in early on. Right. He was still kind of shaken in the first couple episodes, but now, you know, he's... He's well, clearly yeah. doesn't trust Priscilla, and rightfully so, it seems. Sure. He's still arguing with Talos, even though he <laughs> knows he needs his help, but he's still, you know, the we did that, we did that. Well, sure. of course he's starting to push back, because it's the fourth time that someone's tried to lecture him in three episodes. Like, you get tired of being lectured after a while. Sure, but he did leave his wife for... What was that? Like I'm nine, not saying, eight, I'm nine not saying, years? Yeah. No, no, no. He, he deserved a lecture. Hold on. Yeah. I'm not saying he didn't do or deserve any of these things. I'm saying like there's only so much Samuel L. Jackson getting a lecture I can watch before I get bored. Yeah, we're just going to not see it. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I thought the acting was really good in this episode, and I think uh, yeah. it, it it was much better than the la- the first two. But we'll, we'll, we'll keep on and yeah. see the other, their other pain points and uh, strong points for us that we might have. Yeah, it had higher highs than some episodes. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, the next day, Gravik and Gaia fly to London, where Gravik reveals he is going to be meeting with Talos uh, for a parlay to talk about her. It's weird that the scrolls also have the pirate code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Parlay. It's, you Did know? they bring their pieces of eight? <laughs> par, snip, par. <laughs> parlay. <laughs> Uh, while they are on the way to the meeting place, Gravik answers a call saying the UN plane will be at Neptune's coordinates 2200 hours. Did you think about Splash Mountain just now? No. When he said the meeting place, I thought about oh, it. Oh, Every plane has got a meeting place. <laughs> <laughs> Gravik then meets Talos at the <laughs> London Portrait Museum, Ooh. delivering a speech about generals and soldiers. They move to a cafe where Gravit goats Talos and the other scrolls suggest uh, an honor meeting, presumably a form of scroll trial by combat using knives. And Gravik says, I'm disinclined to acquiesce to your request. <laughs> <laughs> Gravik dismisses the idea and continues to push Talos' no. buttons, bringing up the fact that Gaia is with him. Talos attacks Gravik only for all of the people in the cafe to reveal themselves as scroll rebels. I know that this scene in particular was in the, cr- um, in the, the trailers oh, beforehand. Yeah. I still thought it was really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had actually forgotten that. Uh, I was a big fan of the, him being like, showing being like, showing how powerful um, Gravik is and also how widespread the scrolls are. Like, there yeah. are scrolls everywhere. And it makes mm-hmm. you start to be like, in the show, like when Amelia Clark, no, 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 it's at the end when um, Priscilla is like running to the to the place to get the gun. You see people, and I'm like, is that person a scroll? They're like looking at her weird, like uh-huh. as a person sort of just well, standing she's there, looking around too, like right, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And I think this also shows how loyal Gravix people are, which right. is scary in and of itself. Sure. Um, also, that you want to talk about gruesome violence again? <laughs> is that did we get? Uh, is that like coming up next in the uh, the the stabby stab? Yeah. Uh, yes. I'll I'll back off then and let you <laughs> read that before we talk about it. Realizing he's surrounded, Talos tries to tell Gravik that humans are at their most formidable when facing a common foe. What's more, uh, Talos plans on exposing the scrolls, eliminating the element of surprise, and taking out their advantage. Once Gravik brings up Gaia again, Talos stabs Gravik's hand with a knife and chokes him, telling the rebel general to keep his daughter's name out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Eat my daughter's name out, out your, your fucking mouth. <laughs> the role of Gravik will be played by Chris Rock. <laughs> uh, he then walks away, leaving Gravik to sullenly heal his injured hand. Interesting uh, ad-libs of emotion here by the writer. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, curious about Extremis. I wonder if... Uh, that that is something that was intriguing about this episode to me. Yeah, is that Extremis ended in Iron Man three as maybe we don't do this like yeah. this. Uh, this science ain't sciencing, you know. So I wonder if they picked it back up and and it, or maybe it just works better for scrolls. Maybe, yeah, maybe maybe it like responds better to scroll anatomy. What did we? I don't even remember the end maybe of it Iron should Man have been called. What, what happened with her and the extremists? It just sort of goes away with her. Do they get a cure? I don't remember. Uh, well, basically everyone that had it for the most part dies. Well, except for what's her name? Yeah, except, except for, for Pepper. 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 I yeah, no, they. I think they, they got had a cure. some way that they were able to get it out of her. I remember, like in like the closing montage. Yeah, they they the, like what music do they have for that montage? <laughs> I have montage your healing. Long view by Green Day. <laughs> Um. Yeah, we have to put that at the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no we way we can. <laughs> hey, that's easy. You don't have to think of post credits. Yeah. yeah. Um. The way he pulled his hand back so the knife would cut through the rest of his hand, yeah. and then he just healed it. Ugh, oh my god! It was it was the cutting that was that was. It, rough. it sort of continues to be the most gruesome. Yeah. Marvel show. Uh, later on, when Nick Fury's like shooting a guy to get information, uh-huh. dude's brutal. Yeah. Uh, and even if it's actually a scroll, initially you're just shooting a guy, and yeah. that's just happening. On Disney Plus, I don't know. It's yeah, that's, crazy. That's something that we've talked about before. How like they have in the past been more brutal with killing non-humanoid things, yeah. and more brutal in general in the beginning of the MCU. And I, I wonder if they're treating scrolls like they are not humans, or if they're just gearing up for more violent things to come in the future. I, or option C, this is just supposed to be. A part of the theme of the show. It's just it's a more brutal thing. I think it's a little bit of B and C. There. Yeah, because they want to maybe prepare us for Daredevil coming. I don't yeah, because yeah, I think that they're testing the waters. This is the first Marvel Studios project I can think of that I think has nothing in it for the kids. Like yeah, I, this one. I think pretty much every Marvel movie that has come out, every MCU movie that's come out, and all of the TV shows have had like some element where it's like, okay, well, this is, you know, maybe it's aimed at an older audience, but it still has some stuff that's fun for kids, whether it's, sure, you know, superhero fights or whatever. This one just feels like this is an adult show. Yeah. Like it's, you know, they're, 
it's not the goriest thing I've ever seen. You know, I I have seen oh, no. more violent things. It is compared to other MCU stuff, shockingly violent. But it's still not you know not the most violent thing in the world. But it's not flinching either. Yeah, and it's like this is not one that I think you watch with your 10-year-old who is a big Marvel fan. Yeah. I think that there's nothing in the show for them. Yep, I agree. And I think that's Marvel just testing the waters because we've got Deadpool coming. We've got Daredevil. Echo, for all we know, might be kind of like that as well. Yeah. So it's... Yeah. Uh, and they've, yeah, been, th- they've been diversifying their, their uh, catalog for a long time now. Yeah. I mean, we've had like the... The teen drama of Ms. Marvel, like yeah, we had like the mystery box and I mean the the Disney Plus shows have definitely branched out genre. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So I feel like it's it makes sense to open just like comics. There's tons of varieties of yeah. different comics, well, and, and one could argue that that is one of the failings of Marvel in recent time is that some of their movies. You know, we talk about the Marvel formula all the time. Mm-hmm. Some of their movies can seem to kind of follow a similar, you know, a similar pace structure, a similar story structure, a similar um, joke structure. They all kind of start to blend together a little bit. You know, uh, I, there are differences here and there, but I think that there's a lot of similarities in the movies. I think the shows are doing a lot better of a job kind of branching out to, you know, different kinds of success. Yeah. But that's why you do it, is you do it to see, like, what can be successful? That's what makes comic books so cool is that you can put out so many different ones and then just kind of see what yeah. sticks. You know? And not everything has to be for everyone. Yeah, Think, for sure. Different things will bring in different audiences. And well, And I think that is what Marvel has sort of written themselves into a corner because the first three phases all the way up through the Infinity Saga's end were made to be like, these are for everyone. Yeah, they were four-quadrant hits. You yes. Know? Everyone it, loved them. Every demographic. This is for everyone. And I think they're having trouble with this next phase because they're making movies that aren't for everyone. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily that they aren't making movies for everyone because they're still doing it, but the ones that, they're, that are for everyone are not succeeding like they used to. Yeah. Think like a Thor Love and Thunder, which personally... I don't know if I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. We already did the episode on it. I enjoyed. Yeah. But yeah, we all talked about how we don't think it's nearly as bad as everyone says it is. Yeah. yeah. I think it's an okay movie that yeah. everybody says is an awful movie. And exactly. I, and yeah. I don't th- I don't agree with that. Similar to how I feel about Multiverse of Madness. We got to be extreme. That one, I think, I don't think everyone says that one is bad. If really? I it, think everybody says that one's bad. Oh, I think that one's a, that's a pretty popular if one. We're I, not I feel bad. like that one has like a wide range of... Maybe. feelings about listen, it. Listen, man, yeah. if we're not extreme enough on the internet, we won't get enough clout. We have to okay. say the most extreme thing. Oh, okay. We have to hate or love Thor Love yeah. and Thunder. Yeah. We have to hate or love Multiverse of Madness. All this to say, I think it is cool that Secret Invasion is heading in a new direction. Yeah. All of that being said, I don't hear, besides us, anyone talking about this show. Uh, you know, it used to be mm. like on Twitter, you would see stuff about whatever the new Marvel show was. We'll be talking about well, it, whatever. If you don't have Twitter, you can't look sure, at Twitter anymore. Sure, and if you do have Twitter, if, you can only look yeah, at 600 so tweets. Everyone on threads. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I, It felt like there used to be a discourse that was a lot wider about these shows. Yeah, this and, one doesn't seem to be hitting the zeitgeist the way that like WandaVision and Loki did. Which, now that we're at the third episode, sorry, Peach, but I'm kind of sad about that because I, I think this one's heading in a... 
I don't know. I said sorry. You, yeah, you don't have you to don't, be sorry. You don't to care. Me. <laughs> like, not that you what? don't care, but you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, I'm like bummed that people aren't watching this one because it's actually not that like it's it's. I feel weird being like it's not that bad, but like yeah, no, it's not it's, that bad. Like it's actually kind of good. I will play a little bit of Devil's Advocate though, and like there hasn't been a lot of like mind blowing content in these first three to talk about on a That's wider fair. scale. That's fair. Like that's I'm fair. not I'm not that's I don't feel like that's a criticism. I think that like we're kind of still ramping up to whatever the thing is. You know what it needs? You know what Marvel needs? I say that like Maria Hill died. Chris will back <laughs> me up on this. You know what Marvel needs? Tell me. It needs its Andor. It needs a show like that. It needs a show Lucky. if you were going to do a gritty, oh, gritty like militaristic uh like espionage show Andor was the direction to go in. A show like that. This could have been their Andor. It could have been. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think they're still looking for something like that. Yeah. You haven't seen Andor, correct? I have. Andor fucking slapped. Oh, I thought yeah. you hadn't seen no, Andor. No, yeah, I Andor... started watching it late, and then I could not stop watching it. It is so good. It I, was, same thing with me. Yeah. I watched it late, and then I was like, oh my god, this is incredible. I was talking to you I, about this. I should this. have you watched it late this? because, I don't remember. I'm because sorry. <laughs> I watched the first... Like, because they dropped the first three episodes at the same time, and I watched them over the course of a few days, mm. and it did not hook me. And then by the end of the second arc, I was hooked. And then by the end of the third arc with the prison, I was like, "This is amazing!" Like this, like some it of just the got best Star Wars that has ever. I remember how this happened. You started it before I did, and then mm. you kind of took a little break for a second. Yeah. I started it and just zipped past you, and you were like, "I can't believe you beat me!" <laughs> like I started this first. Yeah, I think Marvel needs something like that. And what made it, what makes Andor so cool is that it's such a palate cleanser for everything else kind of going on. You could argue that the Star Wars movies, especially the sequels, which I don't hate. I actually really like the first two Star Wars sequels. Oh yeah, me too. Come come at me. Uh, I really, I, I actually really love Force Awakens. Force Awakens kind of reawakened my love for Star Wars. Eduardo Awakens. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of my montage. <laughs> uh, but I think that there was some of that in there. You know, you you add in Solo to that. You add in some of this other stuff. I think uh, some of the Mandalorian season two and even season three can kind of, you know, even though I really liked season three in some parts, I think season two especially I thought was, uh, it's it sort of dabbled in too much of the, hey, we're trying to be a Star Wars universe rather than being a Star Wars story. They were setting up a lot of spinoffs there. Yeah. You know? And so I really appreciated Andor for just being this thing that was completely different not just kind of different not just you know uh not just like oh we're doing this story and we're it's still gonna have the same structure but here are a few zany differences that are different from the rest but everything else is the same you know what i mean that's the thing i didn't watch by the way what uh book of boba fett and mando three yeah maybe maybe that's what you're thinking of i'm thinking book of boba fett that's one of them definitely Um, i didn't watch willow either that's not star wars it's not? That just has a... That's that Lucasfilm, but it's not Star that Wars. That just has oh. Warwick Davis in it. Yeah. I, I thought because it's, it was Lucasfilm... It's one of the rare Lucasfilm properties that is not Star Wars I, or Indiana Jones. Because it was like marketed as Lucasfilm, and like the setting with Warwick Davis is like him in the jungle, in like the stills that I've seen. Yeah, I, so it's a what happens is the was... Ewoks shave off all of their hair. <laughs> I don't fucking know, And they learn know, English. <laughs> they learn English. It made sense to me, like... 
not that he would do that, but like I don't know, maybe using Warwick Davis again as a character. I don't know. Well, I still haven't seen it, whether it's related or not. Yeah, it's a spinoff of an <laughs> 80s movie. Okay. I'm still confident that this is going to be at least an okay to good show. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it's going to reach sort of Andor heights. And no. I, I would really like for something to come out of Marvel to be kind of like Could that. be Daredevil. That Maybe. One's, that one's going to be 18 episodes. That's going to be by far the longest of the Disney Plus. But they're all going to be shorter episodes, right? I don't know. It's also, crazy 18 to episodes go... is wild. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy to go That's from... Like an, all old, sixes. Like TV season. That's yeah, TV yeah, yeah. season well, used to be. I guess not all sixes because She-Hulk was nine. Yeah, and WandaVision was nine. WandaVision. So mostly sixes going to 18s. You're going to triple the episodes? Yeah. Triples is best. Well, and even if you look at the Netflix Daredevil stuff, that wasn't anywhere close to 18 episodes. Yeah, that was 13 no. episodes, right? Yeah. yeah. But they were all like... Around an hour. They were meaty episodes. Yeah, they were sometimes over an hour. Well, that's kind of what they need. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe it is going to be Daredevil. It might be Daredevil. Daredevil is a good. It's not. It's not Andor in the same way, but it is like a palate cleansing, just different version of Marvel. Like mm. some true street level Marvel yeah. stuff again, which we have. We haven't really gotten that from Marvel Studios. Yeah. Maybe they still remember Iron Fist. Boy, if I could scrub Iron <laughs> Fist from my brain, specifically the TV show. I like the character. I think the character's cool. Oh, yeah. Me too. Uh, but specifically that Iron Fist TV show, just awful. And then like it like leaks into Defenders. Like Defenders had all of this promise, and then Iron Fist is there. And then you're <laughs> like, man, why is this guy here? I didn't think he was that bad in Defenders. I think he was better in Defenders because it was not the Iron Fist writers there. Yeah. Uh, but I still mm. thought the character was kind of insufferable whenever he was on screen. Uh, he yeah. just wasn't. Uh, we're going in a whole other direction. But the problem with what? Iron Fist is that they made a show without a single likable character. <laughs> Everyone That's was not awful, true, except for um, I like Colleen Wang. Colleen Wang was okay. <laughs> um, she was cool. Besides her, everyone sucked. The main character sucked. His like friend and sister sucked. They all <laughs> sucked. They were not fun characters. Yeah. No. I haven't watched Iron Fist, but uh, I can already tell you my problem with it is that it's a show about a guy who gets his powers by uh, stealing, like, he punched a dragon's heart, right? Yeah. And they don't have any dragons in the show. That is correct. What the hell? Yeah, don't they not really, ex- I don't remember it He talks perfectly. about He talks about Kunlun a bunch and, like, how, he, but he just talks about it, right? Yeah. We give a, never, if you have the chance to put dragons in your TV show, put dragons in your tv show i'm with you i'm with you that's why i still watch dragon tales to this day <laughs> dragon tales dra- that's my song oh god it's almost <laughs> dragon tales. it's almost time for bad dragon tales oh no <laughs> oh no we gotta explain to chris what bad dragon is later i will not i'll let him google it no i don't think i will <laughs> do not please do not google that <laughs> Old Outside, we're going to never get a sponsorship opportunity ever again. <laughs> it might be from Bad Dragon. Outside, oh, I know what it is. <laughs> Gaia, in the form of an old man, bumps into Talos and gives him a phone, handing him the details of the planned strike. Later, Fury finds Talos and tells him that he's found a lead on a scroll placed high up in the U.S. government who is in London. You sound like you're from London. Isn't it? Isn't it? What's all this then? Yeah. Uh, is he talking about Colonel James Rhodes here, do we think? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> is he still a colonel, or is he something else now? Uh, I thought he was uh, Secretary of Defense. 
Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because he's not... Th- Thunderbolt Ross, is, I don't think, is the secretary. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Well, whoever the president is in this show is not going to last because Ross is going to be the president in Thunderbolts. Harrison Ford. Playing oh, he, the president gonna... of the United States. Wow, what an idea. He's playing the president? Get off my plane. Huh. Uh, I didn't realize well, he's playing, that. He's playing Thunderbolt Ross because the other one passed away. Yeah, I knew yeah. that, but... Who will be yeah, the right, president? Yeah. President Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> president crazy, Red Hulk. President Red Hulk. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Oh, have you seen by the way the uh, way that they have tried to cut? Because they released that picture of uh, Anthony Mackie and Harrison Ford talking to yeah. each other, and Harrison Ford is wearing ripped shorts, ripped pants, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, it's Red Hulk!" And they put out some like really obviously fake cover story where Anthony Mackie was like, you know, uh, his pants were in the wash and he needed something. And he's like, like, all I have are these radicals. Well, just give me your pants. You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> why lie about it at that point? I like, think they're leaning into the fact that everybody knows it's happening yeah. and are playing up the, Oh, we have to keep it a secret. I almost sure. think that there's like, Having some fun with... He's yeah. going to be in the first trailer. Just troll. Yeah. The very first trailer for um, Thunderbolts will show Red Hulk, yeah. I think. There will at least be a close-up of Harrison Ford's face, and his eyes will open, and he'll have red irises. Yep. yep. Also, I like the naming convention. or like, that's a Hulk, and he's red. Red Hulk. Well, I guess, I guess Captain America is what he's going to be in first. What am I? Some kind of Red Hulk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Talos is still mad at Fury after their argument in episode two and tells him that he no longer works uh, for him. So if Fury wants something, he has to ask for Talos' help. Begrudgingly, Fury concedes and the two leave together. Did you get the vibes from when he was like, I don't remember the exact quote, but when Talos was like, if you want, basically whatever he said was like, if you want my help, you have to say I'm Nick Fury and I was wrong. No, Talos, I need your help because I'm useless without you. Yeah, that. Did you feel good place vibes from that? The trolley problem episode where at the end when Chidi is upset with Michael for putting him through all the trolley problem simulations, he gives everybody a gift Yep. and he gives him Immanuel Kant's journal and he throws it right in the trash. I'm spoiling yeah. an episode of The Good Place. And he throws it right in the trash and he's like, what do you want me to say, Chidi, that I'm sorry that I didn't understand your <laughs> ethics lessons and that I need your help and I'm so, so sorry? And Chidi's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then he like immediately shifts and says it all again. That's and he says it sincerely, right? Yeah, no. yeah. That's exactly the vibe I got from that scene. I was like, this yeah. is now the good place. Uh, Talos gives Fury the intel from Gaia, and Fury identifies Neptune as a British sub, uh, submarine, and not uh, the sandwich. He then calls Sonia <laughs> Fallsworth, who has now discovered the camera he left in her office. Which is funny because she puts a little eye patch on the thing instead of just taking out the contact. Yeah, and she names the owl Nick Fury. (laughs) (laughs) She tells him off for spying on her, but still gives him the name and address of the submarine's commander, Commodore Robert Fairbanks, whom Fury calls Bob. On the way to Bob's house in Portsmouth, Fury and Talos get into another argument about how Fury undervalues Talos's contributions. Talos tells Fury that if he wasn't, if it wasn't for him and the other scrolls, Fury would never have become the world's top spy. Once again, the character... Uh, no, let's not read that. They reach Bob's house and infiltrate it. Wait, what? It's like a, a blurb. Editorialization. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
They reach Bob's house and infiltrate it, with Talos going ahead and Fury killing some scroll guards before following him. Over the comms, Talos tells Fury that he's captured Bob, but it's really Bob who has Talos at gunpoint and is trying to lure Fury into a trap. You know what's weird? How much Talos doesn't like when Fury kills scrolls and then he kills a couple in this episode. I'm just saying... It's okay when yeah. I do it and not cool when Fury does it. Keep yeah. your daughter's name out of his fucking <laughs> mouth. Yeah, we know what his trigger is, you know. Yeah. And it's very obvious that they didn't make it clear enough before. They make it extremely clear in this episode. I want you to say what you said while you were watching the episode while we're recording Boy, about, about the kid playing video games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They passed by this stupid kid playing video games. And he's... Uh, I hate the way they do people playing video games in any form of media where they're just pressing every single button like rigorously, <laughs> just like, you know, like just like smashing every button. While we're already having uh, an episode interlaced with all these porn references, that's a thing that they do in adult films <laughs> when like the girl is playing a thing and then the scene happens. Why are we doing that? Why can't we hire people that have played a video game before? Yeah, well, also, like, it's not that hard. Just like put Mario on the screen. Like, everybody knows how to play Mario or whatever is on the screen. Just play the fucking yeah. game. Well, I think a lot of times they are adding the screen in post. No, so adult uh, production has the money to do that. I'm talking about real productions. I'm sorry. <laughs> also, wouldn't it be cheaper just to put the thing on the screen that you're trying to like? Maybe like licensing issues. It's, it's a lighting issue, I think, is what it is. Okay. I think that like the camera doesn't pick up actual screens very well. Sure. Huh. Which is why a lot of times when you see it, they're just showing it from the other side of the screen. You're just seeing the lights flashing on their faces or whatever. Or don't. Here's here's what you could do. You have a person playing a video game, but now someone else is talking to them. I mean, in this case, we snuck by this kid's room. But just in general, maybe like stop playing the game for a second. While you're having a conversation, don't just sit there and go like "big babu with a big babu." What bothers me more is when they try to talk about, like, use video game terminology in ways that doesn't make sense. Hang on, I'm on level seven right now. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got the high score. <laughs> Tighten up the graphics on level three. I'm on level seven right now. Hold on. Over the comms, Talos tells Fury that he's captured Bob, but it's really Bob who has Talos at gunpoint and is trying to lure Fury into a trap. However, Fury has Bob's son and forces the rebel to let Talos go. Coincidentally, Fury knew it was a trap because Talos called him Nick, and in Fury's words, nobody calls me Nick Bob. Nobody calls me Nick Bob. Two things. Um, One is related to the show. People have pointed out that in his conversation with Rhodey in the last episode, Rhodey calls him Fury until he fires him, and then he calls him Nick. So people are saying, oh, that's the tell. Um, I think the bigger tell is the phone call at the end, but, well, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't know if that, I don't know if I'd agree with that as the, I mean, I yeah, that, I believe, I believe that that Rhodey is a scroll at this point. I don't know if that's the tell. If he called him Fury through the rest of the conversation and then yeah. after you're fired, goodbye, Nick, that's more formal. Yeah, to me, call it, saying goodbye, Nick, is his way of saying you're not Nick Fury anymore. Right, I, you're I, just I, Nick. That's just it's, it's supposed to be like emasculating, I right. think. So, so I don't think that's necessarily supposed to be a tell. Um, the other thing is that this scene, this episode, him talking to Bob 
is the most that Nick Fury has ever reminded me of Jules from Pulp Fiction, the Samuel oh, Jackson character in that. I, I can imagine him just saying, Bob, you ever had a big kahuna burger? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it just, the way he's delivering his lines, yeah. you know, it feels, it's very much like that, that scene in Pulp Fiction. It does it feel like he's having a lot of fun with this. Yeah. I brought you a Royale with cheese, Bob. Okay. I also that is a tasty need burger. to say something mean. About Bob? About Don Cheadle. Oh, no. Some characters should stay side characters. I understand mm. that Disney Plus is all about giving people opportunities to, like, to, you know, to do other fun things. Maybe you know, it's going to be the best show ever, but... How do you know he's not a side character? He hasn't done that much. No, I'm talking about Armor Wars. That got turned into a movie. Oh. Man, that's even oh. worse. Oh, <laughs> That yeah, just, that's going to be a movie. Man, that's even Interesting. worse. I think some characters should just stay side. I don't think Don Cheadle's Rhodey is worth a movie on his own. I don't know. May- <sighs> I have opinions about him, too, but I think I already said them in the Civil War episode, so maybe this isn't news to anybody. I think some characters should have stayed dead or died in the first yeah. place, and I know that that's crazy because we had a whole set of movies where Thanos snapped away half of existence for a little while and then some of them did permanently die. But I think there's like a gravity that comes with a character's mortality. That's one thing that I really loved about Game of Thrones is that you never really knew who was in danger. So like everyone's screen time mattered a little bit more. You didn't know like a popular character was just going to eat it one day and that's it. Like the moment that's uh, a moment that lives forever, for better or for worse, my head rent free is the mountain and the viper episode. Sure, and I can't get that image out of my brain. It hurts, but it was so unexpected. Like you didn't think that what happened was going to happen, and that's what kind of made it special. And Marvel, I for s- a very, very, very long time, would not let a character die, and I feel like it would have had a better gravity in Civil War if Rhodey would have died. I still think it would not have worked in that movie because no? it, it would have changed everything after that because you can't then... Ha- because you have someone on Team Iron Man killing someone on Team Iron Man, uh, completely undermining their whole mm. point of view. You have to deal with Rhodey's death instead of dealing with the threat of Zemo and what he's trying to do. Sure. You then can't do the actual the Civil War... You know, happens. There's Team Cap and Team Iron Man, but the consequences of it is that it breaks up the Avengers. And I think that if you kill Rhodey in that, you can't really give any of the rest of that any gravity because now the most important thing that happened is Rhodey died. Fair. Maybe for the rest of the MCU, though, and I wouldn't think this about him in real life. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think this in real life. I just want to throw this out there. Maybe. Maybe he stays unable to walk very easily. They did fix that very quickly. They I will did. Say. They made that like not matter pretty quickly. Again, in real life, I wish you the speediest recovery. <laughs> 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 but but in the but it ended up not. Re- there ended up not really being repercussions because it was like, yeah, we'll just fix that. I don't think that Don Cheadle's Rhodey is a character that is meant to share. That is meant to have a full screen. I think he is a character mm. that is meant to be there to bounce off of other characters, and I don't think every character needs to kind of you know be the the front and, like needs to have a front and center movie. I think 
if I look back at some of the mo- the most recent stuff that has come out, my favorite characters and all of the ones, a lot of the ones that we've seen recently are the newer characters that they have brought in. Mm. Those people have then become problematic, but I will talk about <laughs> that later. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Bummer. But a lot of the times, especially in recent memory, my favorite characters are the new ones that they're bringing in. It is similar to our discussion about how I want something new and fresh from a show perspective. I want something new and fresh from a character perspective. I think just giving every single character that has ever been part of the MCU their own movie is not like... I think that is doing more harm than good. Hmm. Because it feels like they're giving them a movie because they've been here for so long and not because it's going to tell a good story. Where's our happy Hogan movie? My God, I'd fucking hate that. (laughs) Uh, yeah, just I, watch the movie Chef. It's way better. I think I agree with you, and I also. Well, how I, many I, other side characters are getting movies that you're concerned about? Well, I'm not necessarily concerned, but I will say that I didn't enjoy Hawkeye. I didn't enjoy. I, I don't think I'm going to enjoy an Armor Wars movie. Black Widow wasn't the best, and that has its own set of issues as far as like it was a movie that needed to be made because of what they had not done up until then. Yeah, the, that movie should have come out. Like five years out of order. Sure. Prior. Yeah. But there's just some of these characters, and I don't think maybe Black Widow's not fair to include in there. But there's just like, you know, we get another Doctor Strange movie. Did Doctor Strange need another movie? No. The idea, the premise of like what the kind of movie they were making was interesting, but was Doctor Strange the right character for that? I'm not actually 100% sure. He's not a side character, though. I think fair. Oh, Doctor Strange fair. is absolutely the right character for that movie, just the movie was wrong. Um, yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> Well, and it's interesting because if you take something, and maybe this is not even fair because of what happened, but Wakanda Forever was a wonderful way to make a side character and side characters up front and center and make it interesting, but also it had way more reasons that we will get into when we talk about a Wakanda Forever. Yeah. We also have the right people making the movies, and anything can be good. Sure. I mean, yeah. Guardians of true. the Galaxy is a great example. That never should have worked, but Do we they think... had absolutely the right man in charge of that. Yeah. Do we think that Don Cheadle is someone that's going to continue to stay in the MCU? I mean, he's I'm surprised how here. much he has popped up in like yeah. the shows. And granted, it's been like cameos in the yeah. shows. It's been cool when I mean, he showed up. There's somewhere out there in the universe, Terrence Howard is like clenching his fists. Mm, yeah, <laughs> maybe. I actually, I, I outside of the Marvel stuff, I actually. I mean, you guys know this, but maybe not ever know this. I'm, like, terrible at keeping up with movies. So there's, like, tons and tons of stuff I haven't seen. I don't know a thing outside of the MCU that Don Cheadle has been oh, in. Hotel Rwanda. He won an Oscar for that. Haven't seen Check it. Check it out. It's really it's good. Space Jam. Is he a main two. character? He, he's the, the lead. He won, oh, okay. he won best... best. I think he won best actor for that one. Okay. Um, it's based on a true story. It's it's a drama. It's excellent. Okay. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's a movie about uh, genocide. Um Oh great! It doesn't. It's not. Yeah, you know, it doesn't sound fun. Yeah. Um. But it's a. Uh, but it's a very interesting story, and he's very good in it. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that. Like, I don't. Th- I think he does. Yeah. I think he acts well when he's on screen. Yeah. And then he's the out. And like you said, he's Algy Rhythm. <laughs> Algy Rhythm. The villain in Space Jam, the the second one. <laughs> Algy Rhythm. He's in Rush Hour Two. He's in Rush Hour Two. Yeah. It's been a long. I think time he's in like I've a small those. scene with Chris Tucker. Okay. Um, yeah, it's been a very long time. Since oh, he's I've Donald seen Duck on DuckTales. A Rush Hour movie. Uh, for a couple episodes. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm curious how long he'll stick around because he, he's been in the MCU since Iron Man 2. 
Yeah. You know, I feel like I've been really negative, but He's like, like the elder states, I really liked this episode and I feel like my whole tirade's been about how I hate To be the fair, you've been you've been Plus. negative about n- things not really in this episode. Yeah, and it's sort of like a cautionary tale as far as people's excitement for the MCU moving forward. Like I want people to be excited. I want to be excited and I want there to be exciting stories being told, but it feels like the slate of things that we have coming up are like I don't I, I can't think of a new and exciting thing that's kind of coming up that I'm like really interested in. It is all just the Marvels. I'm very excited for the, the Marvels. The Marvels sounds actually pretty interesting. I'm cool with the Marvels. What's after that? Um oh gosh, what like is what's ne- that? what's There's... next Disney Plus wise is uh Oh, Echo is next. Echo would be next. Which Oh, Loki season 2. Sure. Loki's oh, Loki going to be too, cool. Yeah. yeah. So there's some stuff to look forward to, yeah. but there's nothing like I I'm going to hold off on like being excited or not excited for Armor Wars until we see how this show plays out because I feel like this might give us an idea of where Armor Wars is going. Sure. sure. I have a feeling that this roadie's a scroll. I have a feeling that Sharon Carter's a scroll, and I have a feeling Armor Wars is going to be about them. I think Rhodey's going to be back because these scrolls now have Iron Man technology and War Machine oh. is going to have to go after them. Interesting. I, mm. That's 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 kind of my thought process of where this might be going. Do you want Sharon Carter to be a scroll just because you don't like Power Broker? Uh, I because mean, I don't like Power Broker either, but I'm just curious. I it's not so much. It would be one of the rare reveals <laughs> of hey, this person was actually a scroll that I might be that I think I'd be okay with. Okay. <laughs> um, because Power Broker was such a weird turn. Yeah. Remember when we were there was a throwaway line about how they got some scientists to do something in WandaVision and we were like, Oh my god, it's Reed Richards. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I haven't had a moment like that in a little while. Like I, f- I felt like WandaVision and Loki both had things where we were like, Oh my god, they could be doing this and this and this. And since phase four has sort of moved on, we've sort of seen the way they're doing things, mm. and it doesn't feel like they're going to be putting little nuggets like that in these shows. If anything, there will be a post-credit scene when this is all done that'll have maybe something, but probably not because everything gets spoiled ahead of time now. I don't yeah. know. Mm. I I, I want to go back to that initial Disney Plus release time where we were like, oh man, what does this mean for the future? What does this mean here? Whereas now it feels like, well, clearly this is going to mean nothing because we're going to get to the end of this and they're going to solve the problem and we're going to pretend like it never happened because if we don't do that, the movies aren't going to make any sense. You're not going to have to watch the show to watch the movies, blah, 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 blah. I, don't know. I think it's good that they're slowing down. I think that oh, is... Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think that for is good. For sure. Um, I think my... Pr- I'm still enjoying everything. And I feel like for the most part, even the stuff that like critics aren't liking, I end up liking more than the critics. Maybe not Quantumania. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Which even that one, I'll say it was fine. Um, Justice for William Jackson Harper. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the worst part. Yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, the uh, I guess my problem with this right now is that this is the multiverse saga, and I'm much more interested in every single thing that does not have to do with the multiverse than any of the multiverse stuff. It is mm. tough to watch all of this multiverse stuff when the best multiverse movie came out a couple months ago, and nothing has come <laughs> close. I would I would argue that there's one that came out last year that is up there as well. No, it won an Oscar. No, no. Okay. Oh, that one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Oh, okay. The, I thought you were talking about all... the other Iraqi one. Oh no. no. And I was well, like, I mean, that one's really good. I think it's but... a good movie, but as far as like multiverse stories, yeah, go. that one. 
that one it's you know multiverse is just an excuse to throw some you know throw us all some fun characters and yeah. that's fine you know i'm okay with the multiverse being used like that because that wasn't a story about the multiverse that was a story about what does it mean to be spider-man which is kind of why the spider-verse movies are also so good because mm-hmm. they're not about the twistiness of the multiverse it's you know looking at these stories from different angles and then everything everywhere all at once I, I think just proved that along with Spider-Verse that to make your multiverse movie good, it should involve bagels. <laughs> that's, a, yeah. that's a fact. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Anyway. So back to the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what are we talking about? I don't remember. Secret the, Invasion. At the same, uh, Redacted Invasion. Redacted Invasion. At the same time, the submarine is getting into position, and they have already received the command to fire on the UN flight, with Pagan undercover on the ship to ensure things go according to plan. As they prepare to fire, Fury and Talos question Bob, who refuses to give them the code to abort the mission. He also reveals that Gravik had offered Talos a partnership, which Talos refused. Bob brings up Gaia, who prompts Talos to shoot and kill him. With time running out, Talos calls Gaia and has her find the code from the memories of the real Commodore Fairbanks. But in order to do that, she is forced to blow her cover. The code turns out to be the name of Bob's son, and Talos manages to give the command in time to stop the strike, finally giving Fury a much-needed win. The launch is aborted, and Pagon is captured. Giving Fury a win. Giving Fury. We did that. We did that. <laughs> now that her cover is blown, Gaia runs from New Scrollus. As Fury and Talos remove the Dead Scrolls' body, Fury asks Talos why he didn't take Gravik's steel. Talos tells Fury that despite 30 years together, Fury still doesn't know him. He tells him that he's not with Gravik because he is with Fury, revealing that despite all the things Fury has done, Talos still trusts him. Just as That's not what he said. What did he say? I'm yeah, sorry. he goes, I'm not with Gravik because I'm with you. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah, that's what Eduardo, <laughs> Eduardo like jumped off the couch when that happened. It's like we're, we're back in there, the Talos-Fury romance. <laughs> Well, it's once, back in the ball once game. Fury finds out that his wife is possibly betraying him. It's true. Yeah. I mean, there's Tal right there, swooping into his DMs. In a surprise twist, he reveals that the strike was a decoy that he used to root out the traitor. Gravik then shoots Gaia, giving her, giving us our second major death after Maria Hill. Back at the Fury. Yeah, uh, I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't think she's dead. So all like everyone said that, and then there was some some more specificity in our Discord about. Uh, somebody was saying, I have actually, I haven't actually looked since I just recently watched the episode. Yeah, someone was saying, I, I can't remember who because there were a couple different people talking about it. Um, so I'm so sorry when you listen to this episode that I don't remember which of you it was. Um, that the beginning of the episode will be her like getting up, and after remembering that and then watching it again over here before we started recording, they linger on that scene. A little bit longer than they would really need to to show that she just got shot and died. Like the car drives away and gets blurry as it goes on. And I think that is probably exactly right. I think that scene is probably just three seconds longer and they cut off the part where she sits up. Yeah. Um, Either she's faking it because she had like a bulletproof vest on and she just shifted back into scroll form to complete the illusion. Yeah. Or she's faking it, and she's giving herself super scroll powers. Well, you see the bullet wound. Yeah, so... But also, if you can shapeshift, could you shapeshift a bullet wound into okay. your you know, that clothes? Is a, that is a good question. I don't know how I that mean, works. I mean, the fact that they they can shapeshift clothes. Yeah. So I, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to... And, and you can... 
We've now seen that they can change their voice without actually changing. Yeah. So shape shapeshift, you, shapeshift into yourself wearing a bullet hole yeah. clothing. Do you guys think <laughs> she ran into someone that helped her? And so there was that shown. scene where she's at the computer that she turns and it looks like she sees someone. Oh. And then we go back and she's actually just escaping. You think she actually ran into someone there? You think it was maybe like, I think I'm more on the lines of she ended up also getting powers. Yeah. And is just pretending to be dead and she, it, yeah. she will be also be a super scroll. Yeah. Cause I think, cause the extremists will then fix the gunshot. Yeah. So I'm guessing it is maybe one of the doctors mm-hmm. and the doctor is like, this is going too far type of stuff. I need somebody like you need to get me out of here type of thing. Which means that we mm-hmm. end up with a super scroll on the good side. Right. Which that could be so much fun going forward I in agree. anything. We're not going to get the Fantastic Four because we're going to get Amelia Clark as Gaia. As all of I them. Also, as all of them, plus the the frozen beast. I don't think you sign on Amelia Clark for three episodes no. to have her die in no. the third episode. Like, I, I don't think you pay her as much money as they for sure paid her to only be in three yeah. episodes of this It was show. Riley that said that, by yeah. the way. Oh, okay. So, sorry, Riley. But also, shout out, Riley. Yeah. So not sorry anymore. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, he said definitely isn't dead. She likely gave herself superhero powers in episode two. So he thinks it might have happened in the last episode. Oh, cool. Which yeah, because she sneaks in and sees all that stuff. So that makes perfect sense. So yeah, yeah she yeah. definitely could have like just done that already. And then he says, I imagine the next episode will start with her wound healing and her getting up from the ground. I guess, Do you yeah. think that that means because so to me, hmm. I'm I'm wishy-washy on this because I want her to have the super scroll powers, but like I almost feel like if she did that, we didn't see enough scenes of maybe some meddling. Do you think that we might have one of those flashback type episodes that they do sometimes in the MCU where like episode four, episode five is just going to be all about how... She's been about what she's been doing. She's been a back Gaia's like story. A, yeah, yeah, like, like Gaia's an perspective. Ag- agent this whole time type of thing. Yeah, like all like her perspective of everything that happened in the last three episodes. Yeah. And then at the end of episode four, she because now we know that she has powers is when she sits up and that's how the episode yeah. ends. Yeah. I could see that. That could be interesting if they do it right. Yeah. I also am getting a little tired of this, and it's a thing Marvel does a lot, and they're not the only ones that do this, but sort of a, we're going to end on a cliffhanger that we immediately solve at the beginning of the next episode. Yeah, I think the last episode- chapters. Uh, last episode <laughs> this, did this as well. It was like, oh, does Nick Fury know she is? she's a scroll? Find out next week. And then the very first thing you find out next week, oh, yeah, he knew. Isn't yeah. that just staple of television, though? Yeah, like, I, I, think yeah. It's, I think it's cheap. Hmm. When you're doing episodic tele, like personally, I don't like it. I think that's how you get people to watch the next episode. Yeah, but also you can get people to watch the next episode by making an interesting show, uh, not yeah. by putting out false uh, cliffhangers and being like, "Just kidding." Hmm. Maybe it is a little Michigan chillersy. <laughs> I just, I think it's just it's a little manipulating. Like it's just like, oh, we're gonna put this thing at the end of the episode and solve it immediately at the beginning of the next one, just to make sure you tune in for that. Like, that it feels like a little bit like manipulation there. Uh, it depends on how the uh, how it's resolved. Because if it's like, oh, if we left the camera running for thirty more, like five more seconds, then you would see this. Then that's sometimes a little bit annoying. Honestly, if you if we do like you said with a flashback episode and it ends resolving that that might be a better way to do it mm-hmm. you know that we'll see we'll see what happens um 
I don't know if they will have the, with only three more episodes left. Yeah. Will they have time to do a whole? I mean, they did it in Ms. Marvel. They had a whole her grandma episode. Remember that? That whole episode. It was like episode five. That's true. It was like right before the finale. They that's had that true. whole. Oh, here's what yeah. happened in the past episode. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Which we still haven't figured out what her bang like her band is from. Uh, I mean, it looked like it came from a Cree, and it was body, this... but it might have been a Jin. Oh no, because it came from the other the the Noor dimension. I thought, but that I thought that they had some sort of connection to the the rings of power. The, you mean the Ten Rings? Yeah, not the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One bangle to rule them all. But he forged another bangle in secret. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I got to catch up on something. I need to do a bunch of rewatches. Yeah. yeah. I'll definitely be rewatching Ms. Marvel before the Marvels comes out. For sure. Mm-hmm. And I don't really need too much push to rewatch WandaVision as well. Yep. So. I am excited to rewatch Loki. Same. Oh, yeah. my God. Big excite. Uh, Bailey had it on in, like, I, th- I think I said this recently. Bailey had it on The Living Room mm-hmm. a few, like a month ago. And just hearing the music, I was like, oh. Natalie. My God. Just, Natalie, I love it's you. It's so good. The, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the big bomb, 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 bomb. I love that theme. Natalie, yeah. if you ever listen to this podcast, I love you. I, Ted Mosby, love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, back at the Fury Residence. <laughs> Priscilla slash Vara gets a message and leaves, uh, heading to a bank where she retrieves a, de- a safe deposit box. Inside inside it is a gun, which is fucking hilarious. Yeah. It is so funny that she goes to the safety deposit box and then she opens it and it's just a gun. I think it's hilarious. It, that felt like absurdist humor to me. Like we're watching, we're now watching an episode of I Think You Should Leave. <laughs> like Tim Robinson was the guy that opened the bank vault and he's like... Uh. Take your time. What did he, what did the guy say? Yeah, is I'll, like, I'll leave you. I'll, I'll give you some I'll time you to some yourself time or to something yourself. like that. Yeah, for, to do what? Is she gonna need montage music? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh boy! With the gun? Oh god! Man, this is seconds. all gonna make a lot of sense I once you there was listen to the end of this episode. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be funnier now at this point if we didn't make it the most. <laughs> Uh, she then gets a call from an unknown person, which reveals that she's working for Gravic Justice Fury suspected. Uh, it's it's Rody. It's He's Rody. not unknown. We all it's heard very it. clearly Don Cheadle. It's Don Cheadle. It's very clearly Don Cheadle. Well, okay. I will devil's advocate one more time. Okay. Because we have learned in this episode, or maybe before, but we know for sure because of this episode, that scrolls can use other people's voices without changing. So what if someone just was scrolling up a roadie voice on the phone? That's yeah. fair, but I think a scroll is already imitating Don Cheadle's voice because it's a scroll taking over his body. Yeah, because sure. so, I think that the sure. roadie that we saw was already a scroll, and I think Fury knows. You think that's why he said the world's cheesiest line to him last episode? I hope so. Even when I'm out, I'm in. Man, I still, I still love it. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. So what are we going to rate this episode? Peach, we'll start with you. Uh... I, I just I don't know. I'm waiting for the exciting thing to happen. I do I do think this episode had high highs. And when I say high highs, I mean Oh wow. Amelia Clark died. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that freaked me out a little bit. The owl thing was the funny. One thing Game of Thrones could never do. Yeah. Well eventually. Um the the owl joke was funny, like putting the eye patch over the owl. Like there was, there were good moments to it. But I'm waiting for something to happen. Like I, I'm, 
I want a thing to happen. You know, I want a very exciting thing to happen. Some some plot reveal. Give me some big slice of plot pie. You know what I mean? Chicken plot pie, uh, if you will. So I'm gonna give this one um, seven poorly played video games out of ten. Who wants to go next? Chris, go ahead. I'll go next. Um, I liked it. I'm gonna give it eight point five hot spachos. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm more aligned with Chris. I actually really liked a lot of the acting in this episode. I really liked. I I, I kind of was. Nick Fury was a little bristly to me in the first two episodes. Like, I, I wasn't sure if I was super on board with him because he just, I don't know, always seems like kind of a dick. Uh, and I don't know if what? I was on board with him. Dick Fury. <laughs> uh, sort of being the main character for this whole thing. Uh, but he had some real emotional, like, moments in this, in this episode. That yeah. You could see some of the, some of that, that mask that he puts on start to crack and you could see behind it a little bit I, f- I find that much more interesting than the the backdrop of our espionage story um so so the moments with him and priscilla and with him and talos i thought were actually uh, really interesting so i'll give it 8.5 um fury ships out of 10 <laughs> gentlemen you really want it it's time for recommendations recommendation jingle yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, I already say that once in the jingle. That's true. Yeah. Now you say it's it again. Go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have something to recommend to our listeners to get them through their week? I got another twofer. All right, twofer. go for it, man. Yeah, and it's I not Diablo. You a twofer. It's, <laughs> it's not Diablo this time. Um, it's been a while. Yeah. Listen. Okay, I said... I literally just said it was a twofer, and now I can't remember what one of them is. Uh, it's a one for now. Oh, no, no, I do. Okay, oh, let me say this two. one first, because this is the one I forget. So this one has a little bit of story time involved, so let me just set the stage That's here. That's so unlike you. Uh, I know. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm not Chris. Yeah, I was going to uh, say. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had this, like, I've been a completionist, like, my whole life. Um, for If somehow you don't know what that means. For yeah, me, that, there's a lot of video. Yeah, <laughs> for me... <laughs> For me, it mostly relates to video games and how I want to do everything in a video game. So, like, on PlayStation, I'll, I'll collect all of the trophies. I'll try to platinum everything in, like, Diablo, WoW in the past, uh, Destiny. Like, I'll try to get all the triumphs and achievements and all that stuff. Like, I want to do everything in every game. I want to do every – I want to eat every food item at a restaurant. Like, I, I just – I have a completionism complex, and it's bad because – Sometimes it makes me do things that I don't actually want to do, but I need to feel like I have 100%ed whatever the thing, whatever. So I'm saying this because for a while I thought it would be cool to have like an app like on my PC or on my phone where you could basically create your own achievements and Hmm. it's not going to be like, it's not going to be automated like a video game is, right? Like in a video game, when you hit the threshold for that trophy, it just knows, you know, you mm-hmm. get credit. So you'd have to keep track of it yourself, but I thought it'd be really cool to have a, 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 a visual representation of your own goals and tasks and whatever. You put whatever you want in this app, and when you complete the thing, boom, you get a virtual trophy for it. There are apps out there that do this I tried so many of them. I didn't really like any one that I find I found. So by the way, if you're listening and you do know of a good one, you can pitch it to me. I might have tried it. 
But I finally decided to just try to figure it out myself. So my pitch is not that I've created this. I'm not asking anyone to download anything because I haven't gotten that far yet. But I am working on having the skills to create this app myself. And how I'm getting those skills is I'm learning Python, which I've learned before, but I'm trying to relearn it so that I can get into the more advanced Python stuff. And I'm doing that through this website called w3schools.com. The, the letter W, the number three, the word schools.com. I have pitched this to basically everyone I've ever worked with who wants to learn some sort of IT or coding related skill. This website has been incredible for years. You can learn so many things on it, HTML, CSS, different programming languages. You can learn SQL there. You can learn basically any sort of code type stuff. They have it. And it's not just reading. What I like about W3 Schools is that there are editors which you can open. I'm le- like I'm trying to learn Python. You open this editor, you type the Python in, and it responds as if you are coding. If you fuck it up, it'll tell you you fucked it up and why. If you don't fuck it up, it will display the output that you typed in. Then they have quizzes after all the lessons that you read through. So you're testing your knowledge in different ways. They've I don't know how recently it is, but... If you make an account on the site, you have completionism galore. You have a little tracker bar that says how much of the whatever lesson you're taking you've gotten through, how many of the quizzes you've completed. And they also offer you links to certifications. If you have done everything in that language, you can, through W3Schools, get a certification exam to actually have a, hey, employer i know how to do python here's a piece of paper that says it so i am i am on my my journey to relearn python now and w3 schools is fucking amazing so if there's any type of those skills you want to learn highly recommend it um i've talked about it a lot in real life uh mostly jobs other people that want to learn stuff like this but never on a podcast so if you're this kind of nerd like i am go check it out the other recommendation I'm like, I listen, I don't want anybody that is listening to this podcast or you guys, I don't want anybody to give me shit for what I'm about to say because I don't fucking care. All right. Okay. I'm telling you, I'm going to, you don't even wow. know what I'm talking about. I'm oh. gonna tell you, I don't fucking care about anyone's negative opinion about this because you don't give a toot. Be, I don't give a toot because people, we're all on a, on a, uh, the same hurtling rock through outer space and everything's made up and nothing matters. And so we should do what we like when we like to do it. So I don't care that it's July uh, 8th and I'm celebrating Halloween already. Okay. Oh, you I, think I'm going to make fun of you for that. He rolled his eyes. Okay. So he is, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. If I you don't s- care that you're celebrating <laughs> Halloween. I care that you're getting so defensive. About I'm getting it. defensive because every, the whole internet is like, you can't celebrate blah, blah, blah. It's blah, blah, blah. Look, we, I we live in Orlando. Can We're do a month whatever. and a half from actual Halloween yeah, anyway. I can do whatever I want. If I want to celebrate Christmas every day, I will. If you want to celebrate 4th of July every day, I probably hate you, but you can do it, okay? Anyway, I started watching watching a, watch scary movies. I'm trying to get in the in the feel of horror movies again right now because... I'm really stoked to finally hear what Halloween Horror Nights houses are coming up. I really wish they would tell us some more. Uh, but I watched the other night. <laughs> really stupid. Started this movie at like midnight 15. 
not a good time to start, but I really liked the movie. Um, Hell House LLC. Have you guys seen it? Nope. No. I recommend that movie. It is kind of one of those found footage style, uh, like a documentary style horror. Um, and the basic concept is that um, this team that builds haunted houses buys a hotel that was abandoned for mysterious reasons and they are setting up the hotel to be a haunted house mm. and creepy stuff starts happening and opening night so of the event the courage to save his new home <laughs> opening night of the events uh, a bunch of stuff goes wrong and none of the crew survives uh, but then we find out one of the crew does survive so we're seeing like their perspective of the events as well as all of the footage mm. of the actual event from like people putting it on YouTube that went through on opening night of the house and also the the crew that was putting the, the house together, they had camera footage rolling while they were preparing the house. Um it's very good. It's very it's it's I'm like hit or miss on the found footage style horror because sometimes it's like you're trying to make me feel like this really happened and it's not working sometimes it feels too much like a crime doc instead of mm. a, a horror movie but i think this one was really effective um because the setting is a haunted house that they're preparing when they're walking around with the camera in all these scenes where unsettling things are happening you just notice a bunch of stuff and it's very hard to decipher if the stuff that you're seeing in the scenes of this movie were like that the last time they walked by, you know what I mean? Like what changed? Mm. Did anything change or is it all in my head? So it was very effective. Uh, it's on prime. So if you have Amazon prime, you can watch hell house LLC. Um, it ended up having, it ended up being a trilogy, Oh, but I think you can only watch this, the second and third one on shutter. I haven't watched uh-huh. them, so I can't recommend those ones. But I do recommend W3 Schools and Hell House LLC. That's me this time. Nice. Don't come at me about Halloween. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to recommend a 20-year-old movie today um, because this morning, Angela and I went to go see Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl in theaters. I'm so mad Did that you, you said 20 said years. I'm so yeah. mad that he said that. Chris, I know. Get the fuck out of my house. No, right that's now, dude. I mean, I was you. so mad when I realized that today. When uh 20 year old. Yeah. Movie. Also, I was like I was in high school when this movie a, came for out. For a 20 year old movie, that movie holds up. Oh my god, it holds up so well. the special effects hold up incredibly well for a 20 year old movie. Um the movie ended and I was about to turn to Angela and say, is this movie actually perfect? And before I could open my mouth, she goes, I think this movie's perfect. <laughs> nice. So it really is. The script is great. The performances are great. I don't know or care how any of you feel about the sequels. Um, I, know. <laughs> I don't know. Or ca- I love that energy. Yes. I told everyone to fuck off and then you did it. Yeah. I mean, in the sense that it doesn't matter what that the sequels even exist. It doesn't matter what you think. Because this first one is so good. Uh, Jeffrey Rush as like a traditional pirate. Amazing. Johnny Depp as the weird pirate. Amazing. Uh, just everything about the movie is just very well done. It's a very well constructed adventure movie. And I have a theory that 
that movie set the blueprint for what the modern blockbuster is. Hmm. Think about it. So 2003, it comes out. And I remember it was a big... Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> wow. There was some controversy because it was the first Disney movie released under the Disney name to be rated PG-13. Oh. Disney had never done anything higher than a PG before. Now, PG-13 is the new PG, right? Mm. Like, everyone aims for PG-13 movies because that's what everyone can go see. This movie was over two hours long at a time when that was not the norm. Now, every big blockbuster movie is two hours long. It has a mix of comedy and adventure and action. Funny character. I think every movie, I think you can draw a straight line from Pirates of the Caribbean to the MCU. I, I really mm. think. And... You know what? You know everyone always says, "Oh, every movie is trying to be Marvel. Every movie is trying to be Pirates of the Caribbean." That's my uh, that's my theory. I mean, they did say parlay in this episode. They did. That's how you know. Huh. Um, but yeah. So uh, my point is, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, as of right now, is in theaters uh, in certain locations. Not everywhere. This might not be everywhere, but uh, this is you know the 100th anniversary of Walt of Walt Disney Pictures, Walt Disney Studios. The Walt Disney Company, uh, and uh, all year they are releasing, they're re-releasing older movies in theaters, and I have an issue with it, the fact that the oldest movie they're putting in theaters is the uh, animated Beauty and the Beast. I don't think that accurately represents 100 years of a company when their oldest movie is from 1991, uh, but... You mean the movie that was 32 years ago? I know, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like, how are you doing a celebration of the history of Walt Disney, uh, of Walt Disney, the Walt Disney Company, and not putting out Snow White, not putting out Fantasia, not putting out um, Mary Poppins? Like, come on. Sure. But I wasn't but, allowed to watch Fantasia. Because the Chernabog? Because my mom thought it was boring. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so right now... Uh, just just the movies that are going to be coming out. It's like one like every two weeks or so. Uh, so Pirates of the Caribbean is in theaters now until the uh, July 20th. And then Toy Story is going to be in theaters. Frozen, Beauty and the Beast, 1991. The Incredibles, Coco, Lion King, the original animated one, uh, which I am very excited to go see that in theaters Coco's again. Coco's in theaters? I'm going to go see that too, even though I think it's weird that that's one of the movies that's being included I also love that movie. It's a little so. recent. I think that's probably why you said that. Mm-hmm. But man, I will cry in that theater. Oh, 100%. Oh, man, I'll cry in that theater oh, again. It, yeah. Oh, I cried so hard in the theater. I feel like I'm going to cry even harder than I did the first time I saw it. No. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Moana is the, uh, the last one. So, again, I don't know if this is everywhere. It looks like it might be limited theaters. But check it out and see if it's any of those are playing near you. It's. I think it's always fun to go see older movies in the theater again because you don't usually get that chance. It's in theaters once and then that's that. Yeah. So you get a chance to go see. I mean, that's why I've seen Avatar like six times. Oh. <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, Night Shyamalan one. Oh, the Last Airbender. They couldn't. Now you it. can get out. Of the house. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my recommendation: is go go see an old Pirates of the Caribbean, but really just go see an old movie in a theater yeah. somewhere. Check out Fathom Events or something. Go see something old. It's cool. Yeah, there's a place here in town. Um, the is it the Enzian? Yeah, I yep. think they do. Uh, they do a bunch of old movies all the time, yeah. and they're constantly um, doing like fun movies. I think Bailey's gone there multiple times to see Twilight. 
Like they do all <laughs> kinds good. of movies. Uh, there's dinner while you watch the movie and stuff. Like it's cool. They also do a bunch of Halloween stuff. Hey, they have themed cocktails to the horror movies that they show during October. Well, there's our local, um, <laughs> local recommendation. Yeah, yeah, they are playing Asteroid City, uh, but they're also doing Sleeping Beauty. Ooh, July 11th, The Sandlot. Wait, when's the 11th? Yeah. That's uh. That's Tuesday, Lion King, Encino yeah. Man, uh, Princess Diaries, E.T. Oh, Encino Man featuring Academy Award winners Brendan Fraser and Kihei Kwan. That's right. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, The Muppet Movie. Oh, when is that? August Jason 27th. Uh, no, this is the original Muppet oh, movie. Oh, okay. From 1979. Oh, man. Step I'm, Brothers. Oh, hell movie? yeah. Uh, the Nutty Professor. <laughs> That movie, I'm sure, does not hold up. <laughs> Little Nicky, yeah, all kinds of stuff. I feel like Little Nicky probably doesn't hold up either. Oh, for sure not. Oppenheimer exclusive 35 millimeter engagement. Oh, that's cool. So my recommendation, or I'm going to recommend two things like Peaches. They're both going to be anime. Uh, the first one, Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2 just came out. Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, I'm a really, really, really big fan of. It sort of falls in the footsteps of the great shonen of the past uh, the past generation. So your Naruto's, your Bleach's, your One Piece's. And it sort of like combines a lot of the feeling from those. I would say its biggest inspiration is Bleach, followed closely by Naruto with like a little bit of One Piece, but not really. It's mostly the, the latter two. Um, it's very good. The animation is incredible, and the story is really interesting. The characters are great. They're definitely like subversions of like your classic shonen anime tropes. And the other one I'm going to recommend, um, Bleach, ended probably like 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Um, they ended the anime, but the manga continued for a whole other arc. And so uh, last year, they came out with that arc, Finally, I know we've all been waiting for it called the Thousand Year Blood War. And um, part two of that arc just started, uh, I think, this past week or the week before. Um, which, once again, it's a new studio doing the animation and it's incredible. Uh, oh, wait. You're saying they stopped the, an- the show after the manga arc. The manga kept going. Now they're picking up from where the manga kept going? Yes. In the show? Yeah. Oh, cool. And the, the manga's done. Yeah. So it was one last arc that they did that has only been in manga form for now, and now they're finally making it into an anime. Oh, okay. Here's a fun anime thing. So do you guys know what filler arcs are in anime? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. watching uh, Goku power up for four episodes. Yeah, well, no, there's it's, a reason it's, no, for no, it. No, no, no. It's watching yeah. Goku learn how to, like, there's an episode where Goku gets his driver's license. (laughs) That's that's a filler arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So filler arcs happen in anime when the anime catches up to the manga and they run out of material. And so there are, like, a few ways you can deal with this. Right now... Imagine if Game of Thrones had done that. I know, they just start, like, (laughs) taking on these, like, weird side quests. Like, uh, I don't know, like, Hodor chopping wood or something. We know the White Walkers are coming, but... Let's order a pizza. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what's uh, a pizza? What animes do now is what they should have done from the beginning is they just do seasons. So they'll do a season and then they'll wait, you know, six yeah. months to a year and then do another season because making random stuff. Because that used to be that like animes didn't. That's why they pe- just kept going. That's why Naruto and Bleach and One Piece are all so long. One Piece because it's been going on forever, but the other ones are so long because they have so much filler in them. They're like guides to watching some of them. For all three of those where you can cut out, like, half of it because it's you're just not watching the filler stuff. Jeez. Yeah. 
Like there are whole arcs of them fighting bad guys, and then at the end of the arc, you go, "All right, f- pretend like that never happened," because we're going and continuing the story from thirty episodes ago. Yeah. You know? Huh. Um, but highly recommend Thousand Year Blood War. Also, I don't care what you nerds say; anime is cool. Uh, I just wanted yeah. to get on. I just wanted Tell to get the, the, the peaches. Uh, <laughs> train Tell him that Eduardo. energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wanted that energy. You know? Fuck hating on people's things that they like. Okay, yeah, hell yeah, let's go. If you like something, fucking like it and lay off when people other people don't like it. Yeah. You you tell them peaches. Fucking no one can tell them tell you about your bestiality kink. No one can tell you Whoa. about that. Whoa, <laughs> that's All not, right? I'm not. No, no. All no. right, no, no. Don't pretend. <laughs> no, no, no. It no, doesn't. No. no, 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 no. You don't have to do that. <laughs> We've already established this is a safe this is, space. This is why he pre-ordered Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> Eduardo did that. I didn't even know that I it happened. I haven't pre-ordered it yet. I, I didn't want, even I know it was. It. I didn't even know it was a game until uh, Danny mentioned it today. Really? Yeah. It looks cool. Baldur's Gate 3, another recommendation. That's going to do it for this episode. It was something required. Ow. An MCU retrospective. Uh, if you'd like to uh, email the show, you can do so at assemblyrequiredcast.gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash assemblyrequired. Join our patron-exclusive Discord where we share our initial thoughts about the episodes, and we can talk about all things Marvel and not Marvel. If you want to tell Peaches off for celebrating Halloween in July, you can do so there. Huge thanks not. to our Avengers-level patrons. Brian, Riley, Adrian, and Michael. Uh, if you want to follow the show on Twitter while it's still alive, you can do so at AssemblyCast. You can follow myself at ABC Eduardo one Robbie at PhilKid3, and Peaches at twitch.tv slash Peaches, but no promises. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode of Assembly Required at MCU Retrospective. We love you, 3000. Bye, everybody. Excelsior. Bobbly, bobbly. Just like Julius Caesar was betrayed by Brutus Who'd think an accountant would turn out to be my Judas I'm so dismayed Is this how I'm repaid To be betrayed Betrayed! Here we go. I found the full text of the email. And the subject is Payment from your account. Greetings. I have to share bad news with you. Approximately few months ago, I have gained (laughs) access to your devices, which you use for internet browsing. (laughs) After that, I have started tracking your internet activities. Here is the sequence of events. Some time ago, I have purchased access to email accounts from hackers. Nowadays, it is quite simple to purchase such things online. Obviously... I have easily managed to log into your email account, and it would actually put your email address in there. One week later, I have already installed... (laughs) Why is that the funniest part so far? (laughs) One week later! Yeah, one week later, I have already installed Trojan Virus to operating systems of all the devices that you use to access your email. In fact, it was not really hard at all since you were following the links from your inbox emails. All All ingenious is simple. (laughs) Equal sign, right parenthesis. (laughs) Um, The software provides me with access to all the controllers of your devices, e.g. your microphone, video camera, and keyboard. I have downloaded all your information, data, 
photos, web browsing history to my servers. I have access to all your messengers, social networks, emails, no. chat history, and contacts list. My virus continuously refreshes the signatures. It is driver-based, and hence remains invisible for antivirus software. Likewise, I guess by now you understand why I have stayed undetected until this letter. <laughs> While gathering information about you... Hi, dog. <laughs> Like, I'm the scammer. It me. Okay. (laughs) All right. right. While gathering information about you, I've discovered that you are a big fan of adult websites. You really, (laughs) you really love visiting porn websites and watching exciting videos while enduring, while enduring an enormous amount of pleasure. Bro, it sounds like he's trying to gas me up, like, you know? <laughs> Bro, you endure so much pleasure. <laughs> okay. This is the dirtiest thing I've ever said. Okay. Well, I have managed to record a number of your dirty scenes and montaged a few videos. Which show you made the a way- montage? Yeah. Which show the way you masturbate and reach orgasms. Yeah, it's the he puts the song dun 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> If you have doubts, I can make a few clicks of my mouse, and all your videos will be shared to your friends, colleagues, and relatives. I have also no issue at all to make them available for public access. I guess you really don't want that to happen, considering the specificity of the videos you like to watch. You perfectly know what I mean. It will cause, <laughs> it will cause a true catastrophe for you. Let's settle it this way. You transfer 950 US dollars to me in Bitcoin equivalent according to the exchange rate at the moment of funds transfer. And once the transfer is received, I will delete all this dirty stuff right away. After that, we will forget about each other. I also promise to deactivate and delete all the harmful software from your devices. Trust me, I keep my word. (laughs) This is a fair deal and the price is quite low considering that I have been checking out your profile and traffic for some time by now. In case, if you don't know how to purchase and transfer the bitcoins, you could use any modern search engine. Uh. <laughs> Here is my bitcoin wallet, and then it would list the bitcoin wallet. You have less than 48 hours from the moment you opened this email. Precisely two days. Less than and precisely. Things you need to avoid from doing. Do not reply me. I have created... <laughs> I have created this email inside your inbox and generated the return address. Do not try to contact police and other security services. In addition, forget about telling this to you friends. (laughs) If I discover that, as you can see, it is really not so hard considering that I control all your systems. Your video will be shared to public right away. Don't try to find me. It is absolutely pointless. All the cryptocurrency transactions are anonymous. Don't try to reinstall the OS on your devices or throw them away. It is pointless as well, since all the videos have already been saved at remote servers. Things you don't need to worry about. That I won't be able to receive your funds transfer. Don't worry. I will see it right away. (laughs) Once you complete the transfer, since I continuously track all your activities, my Trojan virus has got a remote control feature, something like TeamViewer. That I will share your videos anyway after you complete the funds transfer. Trust me, I have no point to continue creating troubles in your life. 
If I really wanted that, I would do it long time ago. <laughs> Everything will be done in a fair manner. One more thing. Don't get caught in similar kind of situations anymore in future. My advice, keep changing all your passwords on a frequent basis. And that's how it ends. Let me tell with that you that important cybersecurity. If advice. you made a montage of me jacking off, I kind of want you to send it to me. <laughs> I want to know. You know, I want to know. What does my stupid face look like? Yeah, <laughs> I want to get. You know, sometimes when you're when you play a sport after the game, you watch the the footage of the <laughs> you game. Watch the film back to see what you did to, wrong. To yeah, see how you did wrong and 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 figure out how to improve. You know, let me watch the tape. Roll it back. Also, I want to know what montage music you, yeah. you decided that me jerking it needs to be playing. Same. I like, want to see this video. Uh, mm-hmm. You think it's Wild Wild West? I hope so. Wicked, wicked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, congratulations on the enormous pleasure you volunteered. Uh, I can't tell you how enormous it is. You know? 